students see through us faster today than ever before is when we send out marketing that's not authentic. Be true to yourself, be true to your mission, and you will be blessed in your enrollment. You're listening to The Higher Ed Marketer, a podcast geared towards marketing professionals in higher education. This show will tackle all sorts of questions related to student recruitment, donor relations, marketing trends, new technologies, and so much more. If you're looking for conversations centered around where the industry is going, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast. My name is Troy Singer, and as always, I'm here with Bart Kaler, my partner in creation. Each week, what we try to do is identify higher ed marketers that we feel that our listeners could learn from, be entertained from, and pull away with a better sense of how to do their job within their day-to-day. Today, we get to talk to Kevin Bish about grad school and seminary enrollment marketing. Yeah, Troy, Kevin is a, is a friend of mine that I've known for several years. He's vice president of enrollment marketing at Asbury Seminary in Kentucky. And um, we thought we'd bring him on because I have a lot of different folks that are constantly asking me about, you know, the specifics of maybe adult and graduate studies or adult and seminary graduate school type of marketing. It's, it's going to be different because um, there's not search campaigns like historically you might see in traditional undergrad with SATs and ACTs. It, it starts to really kind of focus in a little bit more on mission fit and how to really um, focus in on understanding the, the right fit audience that you want to go after. And so Kevin does a good job of giving us some real tactical elements of how they're achieving that at, at Asbury. And I think there's a lot of really good things for takeaways. Even if you're not a seminary, I would encourage you to listen to it because I think that a lot of what he's talking about is, is relevant for uh, just about any graduate type of program that you might be marketing. Thank you, Bart. Now for our conversation with Kevin Bish. It's my pleasure to welcome Kevin Bish, Vice President of Enrollment Management and Student Services at Asbury Theological Seminary to the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you, Troy. Glad to be here. Kevin, to frame our conversation for today, if you can tell a little bit about yourself and more importantly, about Asbury. Sure. Uh, I've had the privilege of being at Asbury for about the last 12 years. I was actually one of the first uh, hires that our new president at that time was Dr. Timothy Tennant made. And that was a strategic hire because of originally there was no vice president of enrollment management at the seminary. And I think that was a, a unique time where Dr. Tennant felt like we needed to have someone who came to work each day and thought about the enrollment process. So I was one of the first hires that he made, and it's been a, a real joy to be at the seminary uh, during these last 12 years. Um, I'm also uh, have a lot of experience in nonprofit management. I've worked around 28 plus years in nonprofit and higher education, had the opportunity to work a lot in advancement as well as in the enrollment management area. I'm married, got three great kids, and I'm just happy to be with you guys today. Thank you, Kevin. And if you can give us the size of Asbury, and uh, many people probably know this, but it is not an undergraduate school, it's a postgraduate degree. Tell us a little bit about that, please. Yeah, correct. So we, we serve master's degrees as well as doctorate degrees at the seminary. We roughly were around 1,800 students this past fall. We started at 1,759 students, and the year before we were around 1,806. And so we've had steady enrollment, uh, enrollment growth over the last seven years. 
you know, and that's kind of where we've been positioned. We we think we're going to be staying at that optimal enrollment level of, of being around that 1800 mark. That's great. Kevin, I appreciate you being here. And I, I know that we've known each other for a while now. And I just, you know, one of the things I often find when I'm engaging with with different folks and, and some of my clients, to be honest with you, is is the challenge there is in really doing marketing, higher ed marketing for for graduate uh, degrees. And, and I think there's a challenge there because I think so many times undergraduate have gotten used to being able to purchase lists, you know, SAT, you know, ACT lists and, and being able to do that. And that's obviously been challenging. And, and, you know, we had James Steen from Houston Baptist on a few episodes ago talking about kind of going test optional. And so that's going to start to change the landscape for undergrads. But those those tests and buying those lists don't necessarily, they don't exist necessarily in the grad world. So tell us a little bit about how you, how you find mission fit grad students to, to recruit, especially at the size that you are. I mean, 1800 uh, students, you're, you're filling a pretty large uh, incoming class every, every fall. Yeah, we're roughly bringing in around 400 to 515, somewhere in that category, students to, to maintain that that particular number. You know, we've talked about this often, Bart, over the years. It, it is. It's a it's a real a struggle for us because, you know, just because someone graduates from an undergraduate institution with a degree doesn't mean that they're necessarily looking at theological education. And so that's something in my prior life, when I was working in the undergraduate world, it was great to be able to buy lists and look at SAT scores and, and put different programming together in a sense of marketing. But, you know, the challenge here is really trying to find that. And so, you know, there's no one silver bullet or one simple answer other than we really try to identify what types of students would flourish at our institution and then how do we get to them? So, for instance, denominational support is one way we do that. We work with a lot of different denominations. Matter of fact, Asbury serves around 88 different denominations. And so we work a lot with denominational leaders because a lot of times they know uh, and have their eye on certain individuals that will likely uh, have a high probability, at least, of coming to seminary. And the other thing is our alumni base. You never want to overlook your alumni. You're, we have over 10,000 alumni, and they love their, for the most part, love their experience at Asbury, and they, they're a huge resource for us. Uh, we track references and referrals, and a lot of times we'll find that our alumni have been a key role in helping us identify uh, future students. And I think that sometimes even as you're bringing those four or 500 students in, and especially from a theological and, and seminary education, I mean, a lot of these people are being called by God to come and, and, do, and do their education, but some of them might be a little hazy on what that call might look like and where that is. How, how do you guys help even in the recruitment process? Because I'm sure that there are some people that are like, well, I kind of feel calling, but I'm not sure. You know, that, that's a little bit different than saying, I kind of feel like going to college, but I'm not sure. I mean, how, how do you kind of help? How does your admissions team and your marketing help with that? Yeah, that's a million dollar question there. You know, one of the things that's really challenging is the age spectrum in which we work. So we have those students that are fresh out of their undergrad, 23, 24 years old, and then we go clear up into our 60s. And so that's a wide spectrum. We also see a large bivocational group. A lot of them may already be in ministry and just looking for credentialing at some level. So that's a much different approach. But let's just focus on the younger younger students today, those students that are just out of their undergrad and, and are challenged with that. We identified real quick when I started at the institution that a lot of times students knew that seminary, they had to attend seminary if they were serious about going into ministry, especially working for one of the mainline denominations. But that what we found out very quickly they were struggling with was that call that you were talking about. And they were trying to figure out if we could answer their calling component 
for instance, then we could overcome a lot of the obstacles that would prevent them potentially of not coming to the seminary. So we talk about it in form of a missional enrollment, and we talk about the ideal student, and we're just really trying to identify what we think are the attributes uh, and characteristics of a student that would thrive at the institution. And, and so we start with that in mind. We, we do a lot of different exercises. I actually do, draw a stick figure of a person on the wall, and we talk about if you can't use words, and only pictures describe the type of person that we're looking for at the seminary. So, for instance, a lot of times you'll see ears, you know, drawn on the person. So they have ears to hear what's going on around them. Uh, they have a heart of service for God, so they'll draw a heart. They'll have big shoes on. They have feet to walk out what God's calling them to do. And so then we take that and we lay that into the recruitment in our marketing plan, then saying, what are those key things that we want to translate it? If you have these types of attributes— you're, you're heading down that right track of being someone that could come to Asbury and have an amazing experience and thrive there. It's, it doesn't do us any good to bring in students that's going to struggle with who we are, one, first and foremost, but then struggle, uh, continually struggle with who they are and their calling that God's placed on our life. So we try to do a lot of stuff with that up front. Our enrollment advisors are a little bit different. They're recruiters, but they also continue on as their academic advisor. So we eliminate one of those handoffs that usually happens in the traditional model where the recruiter goes out on the road, uh, meets with them, and then it, then they turn them over to the academic advisor. And there's that odd handoff where the, the recruiter knows everything about them and the advisor knows a little bit about them, but not enough to really make that connection. So we've taken that out of there. And so the, the recruiter and the enrollment or the advisor is the same individual. And so we've eliminated that awkward handoff. And what we've seen is a much uh, higher retention rate, especially past those first initial 15 hours because of the connection of a relationship. And so when they get into their first class and they say, man, this is harder than I thought it was going to be and more difficult, we focus back on the relationship component. And that seems to really help with the calling component. And, and they can say, you know, you know, when I talked to you back in whatever, well, we were talking about events and such or you're calling, you said this to me. Did that change? And a lot of times I'm like, no, you're right. Thanks for that call out. I really appreciate it. Yeah, that's great. I think that, that uh, we had uh, Nate Simpson from the uh, Gates Foundation on a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about the, uh, I forget how he described it, but just the, the travesty sometimes where we try, we work so hard to get a student in. And then, like you said, a lot of times those handoffs are fumbled or things happen and, and we really end up losing them from retention, from other, from a whole host of reasons. So I really like that idea of being able to kind of have the same recruiter and then turning into an advisor for those students that really, I'm sure that does kind of build that bridge. And so uh, just one last question I'm thinking about just kind of finding these mission fit grad students is the idea of, we talked a little bit before the recording with the idea of, you know, I was, uh, I was uh, looking at your website a, f- a few weeks ago with another uh, client, a very small seminary, just trying to help them understand the importance of, you know, the way that you want to present your tuition information. And I was, I was impressed with the way that Asbury does their tuition presentation on the website. I'm not going to go into too many details on that, but I think that there are elements in the marketing that you, you're doing, whether it's the way that you're presenting your, your uh, tuition so that people understand you compared to other markets and cost of living and things like that. There's beyond just the tuition, but also just you've made a comment about, you know, you're basing a lot of the decisions on your marketing and you've just already outlined that a little bit with the mission fit student, but you're basing a lot of that of just understanding the market and the context of where these students 
students are and what's around them. Maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah, well, we realize that most of the students uh, uh, that are looking at Asbury, we have usually one of two categories. And usually the first category is they're, they're fully committed to come to Asbury. They went to a particular church and the pastor that's, that happened to be the pastor there is an Asbury graduate or there was some other connection to an alum or a board member or maybe a book that a faculty member wrote. And, and that doesn't mean we don't want to market to them and still communicate with them. It just means it's maybe a little bit different, almost like an insider approach versus an outsider approach. But then we know we have this other group that says, like we talked about, they're struggling with that call of God on their life. And they know they need to go to seminary, and they may not even know a whole lot about seminary. And they just know it's a graduate program. But what's what does that all entail? And so those are types of some of the things that, you know, when we're looking at, say, okay, so what do they need to hear from us in regards to making these types of decisions? We sure don't want it to come down just to simple tuition pricing. You know, of course, we need to talk about that. They need to know what, what the return on their investment is going to be, how much is it going to cost them, what's the time commitment, how many hours is it going to take. But we also want to talk about the whole process. You know, we take a lot of pride at the institution talking about formation, for instance. A lot of schools talk about formation, but we take a really deep dive into the formational approach at Asbury. So we want to talk a lot about that. Um, we're just right now in the uh, process of making some really uh, – uh, big moves and talking about the whole person formation. So just not just the academic side or not just the spiritual side, but also that professional side is one area because we, we understand that that's uh, becoming something of a big reality to them when they leave the seminary is they want to know more about how to lead the church mm-hmm. from even the business perspective. Great. And I think the exercise that you referred to before, the stick figure and finding that ideal student, that's also something that probably benefits the student. And as you're trying to identify that student's mission statement, why they are there, can you tell us a little bit about your philosophy and approach and how that helps in the long run with the students that come to Asbury? Well, I think anytime you start answering their questions and tearing down barriers that they have, it just makes the decision process that much easier. And I think it also makes it that much clearer that they know they're making the right decision in, in that. So we spend, again, we try to spend as much one-on-one time with them. We try to drive students to campus. You know, just like most campus visitation programs, you'll get 85 to 90% easily if they come to campus and actually see the product and, and get to experience the classroom and go to one of our chapel services. You know, again, we have a rich community at Asbury, especially in our residential campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. But also, you know, we're, we're looking to how to implement that even more at our extension sites and even in the online environment, especially today with all this Zoom technology and some of the advances that COVID did and provided to us is that we're trying to be more face-to-face and more relational in how we communicate, try to use some of our, our customer relation management software and some of our other techniques to just really over-communicate a lot with students about what's important to them. We just finished a, a call book, actually. It's another part of our why, where it actually, it's it's a a particular passage of scripture that we're using. Uh, then we have a faculty member talk about that in the sense of calling. But then we also have a real life testimony of somebody that that particular passage fits perfectly in to the calling that they have in their life and why they selected Asbury in, in that decision-making process. So we're getting ready to launch that hopefully here by the end of the month. That's great. And um, I know we'd also been talking about, you know, obviously you talked about your your tenure there at Asbury, but there's uh, Asbury's been around for a while. I'm coming up on a hundred years. So tell us a little bit about 
you know, a lot of schools are kind of celebrating milestones, different areas like that. But how are you planning on leveraging that in your recruitment and your messaging? I think there's different ways to do that. I'm just curious if you can tell us that. I mean, maybe it's a secret, but you can tell us a little bit. Well, some of it's probably a secret, but but a lot of it's just good good practice, I think. So because of the, obviously we're at an, a higher ed institution and we walk off an academic year, it actually falls on the next year, 2020. Uh, 223 year, but the actual celebration or the actual 100 years actually 2023. But I've also been in the process of redoing our view book. We're making some changes to our website and we're also creating some what I call lobby banners for each one of our sites. And we're already starting to do some teasers, so to speak, in our legacy to talk about the 100 years. And then June of next year, then we'll launch really heavy into a full blown kind of campaign around the 100-year celebration. But the idea is, though, obviously, it's a big deal for a seminary to be around for 100 years and to be thriving at this in this season. And so we're really excited about telling our story, but more importantly, bringing along a lot of people who've come alongside us over the years. And uh, and so that's going to be with board members and alumni from around the world. We're actually going to be doing a lot of different types of events. Some of them will actually will be global as well as locally. And the idea is a lot of it's probably more branding than it is actual uh, uh, recruitment. But of course, you know, they're they're interconnected at some level. You can't discard one from the other. So. We're real excited about the 100 years. Uh, Dr. Tennis is spending a lot of time and investment in, in putting that together. He's fully committed to that. And we'll also be celebrating the wrap-up of, of our comprehensive campaign at the same time. So we're, we're celebrating our enrollment. We're going to be celebrating the wrap-up of our comprehensive campaign. And then we'll be celebrating uh, all that together as part of the 100-year celebration. That's great. And I, I love the fact that you mentioned that it's going to be a three-year celebration. I, I remember... I don't remember when it was, but it was either Disney or, or Mickey or something like that. I mean, they have always done that. It's like, you know, you start a year before and kind of build it up that year of you celebrate that. And then the following year, you continue to celebrate it until the next one. And so, you know, if, if schools have that coming up, I would encourage them to think that way. And then I love the fact too, that either end or start a capital campaign around those major milestones too, is another, another tactic that I've seen in higher ed marketing that works really well. So very good. Yeah, that was that was actually part of our strategic plan as well. So, in other words, when Dr. Tennant came here, that was the first thing we did, and we had the we we looked down the road that far about ten years ago and said, "This is what we want the end result to be," and it was a capstone around the hundred year anniversary. That's great, very good. As we wrap up the episode, Kevin, we always ask the question: Is there a thought or maybe a quick tip that you can leave your fellow marketers or enrollment executives with that? you feel that could be either immediately implemented or a thought that they could take away that will make a difference in their day to day. Yeah. I probably leave it with a thought. I, I, I love a, there's a Zig Ziglar quote that I love. It says, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And I think that's really important to people in, in enrollment management today. I mean, we're living in a disruptive environment more than ever before. And, you know, being doing this as long as I have, we used to say the ball of education rolls slowly and change and adaption. And now it's really rolling at mock speed. And so, you know, I'd really encourage people instead of trying to do the shotgun approach and going after everything, really become a focused uh, rifle or laser and focus on what you're good at and be authentic about it. One thing students see through us faster today than ever before is when we send out marketing that's not authentic. Be true to yourself, be true to your mission, and you will be blessed in your enrollment. That is wonderful. And thank you so much for the blessings that you gave us 
through your time and your talent and wisdom today, Kevin. If someone would like to reach out to you for any reason, what would be the best way for them to do so? Yeah, I think the, probably the best one would be just uh, my email at kevin.bish, B-I-S-H, at asburyseminary.edu. Thank you, Kevin. You're welcome. Bart, do you have any closing comments? Yeah, I just wanted to point out a couple things that Kevin said just for everybody to kind of think about or either go back and review it again, listen to it again. But just this whole idea of, of really being able to uh, take a look at how Mission Fit is working for your campus. You know, whether you're an undergrad, whether you're a seminary or graduate school, you're really going to go after those Mission Fit. And, and you know, one of the things, a word that Kevin didn't use, but obviously the stick figure was a persona exercise. Figuring out who your personas are, who you're going to market to, understand their attributes and their traits, and and then really, you know, develop your messaging and all of your voice around that so that that really attracts them. And I also like the fact of what they're doing with the calling book. You know, there's questions their prospective students are asking. And so I'm a big believer in in uh, Jay Bear and the book Utility, where he really outlines the fact that, you know, those those organizations that tell people and provide answers to the questions that people have are where you're going to see success. And so what Kevin and Asbury are doing are basically saying people have a lot of question about their calling. So if we can provide them answers around that, that's not only going to endure them to us and our brand, but it's also going to help them along their path, whether they choose to come to, to uh, Asbury or not. And then finally, I really love the idea of, you know, thinking creatively and outside of the box of using your recruiters to also be your, your advisors moving forward. The relationships today are so critical. And I think as we move down the generations from boomer to X to millennials to, to Z, that that importance of relationship gets even tighter. You know, you, you, it's kind of funny because I think people always joked about, well, you've got, you know, 5,000 Facebook friends, but I think even more today, relationships, because we have so many ways to do them, are becoming even more true when they're authentic. And I think that was another term that Kevin used. So those are just a couple thoughts that I have just to kind of uh, wrap everything up. Way to put an exclamation point on it. Thanks again, Bart. Kevin, look forward to seeing you in the future. That wraps up another episode of the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast, which is brought to you by Kaler Solutions, which is an education and marketing branding agency, and by Think Patented. We are a marketing execution company specializing in printing and mailing for higher ed marketers. On behalf of my co-host, Bart Kaler, I am Troy Singer. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to the Higher Ed Marketer. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening with Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to leave a quick rating of the show. Simply tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves. Until next time.